Image Podcast listeners, it is I, Golden Jay, hanging out with Jamie Bostel. How you doing, my friend? All right, man. How you doing? I've been doing great. Been doing great. Uh, Jamie reached out to me and said, hey, I'd love to come in and do the podcast. So uh, here we are, Golden Odyssey, interesting people doing interesting things. We're about to get into all of his musical projects and I'm going to dive into his personal life. <laughs> so are you ready to roll? Yeah, man, let's roll. All right. All right. Well, man, I'm, I'm really happy that you, uh, you reached out and, and we're, we're hanging out. Um, I don't think I've seen you since, um, last golden image radio interview with praise the fallen. Does that sound about right? Yeah. When uh, I came out, I came out there with John Sturr. And yeah. Brantley, Brantley uh, from Brandon Machine and John Stir was with that, me too. That uh, I w- I did want to ask you. Uh, that was one of the uh, one of the hit points. Uh, what was it like working with John and Brantley? Man, uh, well, you know that that all started by accident. I was at an open mic playing some songs that I wanted uh, to do in my band. They didn't want to do them. So I ended up just taking them to open jam just to feel them out, see if, if people would like what I was doing. I had a friend, uh, Jonathan, who played drums, and we went to open mic. And we played, and one night John Sturr walks in and says he likes the songs, and he says he wants to make a record with me. And and uh, he taught me a lot. He He made me a lot more confident than I was. I know. I mean, I was in signal and everything, and that was, you know, I knew my strength with singing and stuff, but I wasn't too confident with my guitar playing. Right. And even some of my songwriting, I wasn't too uh, sure uh, because I had other individuals basically making me feel like they weren't good enough. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I won't go there. But John said I had the goods, and uh, and I remember, I remember the first time we practiced, uh, we practiced on in this house on California street in South Bend. And it was like July and man, we, I think we jammed for like three weeks straight every day. We did the, the eight song, uh, album that I did with John and Jonathan. And, uh, I remember the first time I, I was, I was nervous in front of him. I had the guitar. <laughs> And I looked at him and said, hey, man, I said, I just want you to know I'm not a guitar player. And he looks at me. And if you know John Sturry, he's, he's snarky like this. He goes, well, what's that? What you got there in your hands right there? I said, a guitar? He goes, well, I guess you're a guitar player then, huh? I'm like, all right, okay. Uh, there, there you have it. I <laughs> remember. He feel, feel a lot better, you know? Um, he really he really believed in the songs, believed in what I was doing, and that really gave me confidence, you know, not an arrogance, but it gave me confidence like, Hey, you know, maybe others are wrong here. Maybe I'm on to <laughs> something here. And then Brantley, when we recorded it, we recorded at Duckhead studios in St. Joe, a guy named Gary calendar. Uh-huh. Um, John knew him. I guess he had done sound back in the day for maybe for stiff or something back in the day. John Sturr was in a band called stiff before he was in Lillian X Right. And they played the White House and stuff. John is actually from Stevensville, Michigan. His wife, actually, Nikki, now now lives in St. Joe, Michigan, still to this day. Oh, right and on. His daughter, too, that's out in Stevensville, too. Jordan. I, yeah, I met all of them, you know. Nice. And John ended up living with me. Uh, he was living with somebody else, and the situation wasn't going so well. He was uncomfortable. And he ended up living with me. And we worked on those songs night and day a lot. And uh, anyway, with Brantley, Brantley was uh, John's lead singer in Brandy Machine. Right. When we recorded at Gary Callender's uh, studio, Brantley, Brantley and John both kind of just guided me vocally. 
not that I couldn't do what I do already, but they, they showed me little, little stuff like, you know, give it more grit, give it more attitude. You know, I want to really feel this emotion. Can you do this? Stop, do that. They're pros, you know? Oh yeah. They actually, they actually told me at the time, they're like, man, you should get out of here. You should, you should move to Dallas. <laughs> they were telling me I was a pro when I didn't, even though I had done what I, I did, what I did with signal, I still, for some reason, had this insecurity, especially around them. I was like, well, dude, you're on MTV and stuff. What are you talking right. about? He goes, no, man, you got the goods. You're, you you could go down there and do something. I couldn't because I had my son up here. I was a single dad and and I had visitation every other weekend and every yeah. Wednesday. So I couldn't leave, you know. But, man, that meant a lot to me that a guy that was on MTV, Headbangers Ball, was telling me, you got the goods, kid. You're a pro. Right on. You know, meant a lot to me. It carries, it carries, he's in my heart. You know, he passed away in 2014. Yeah. And, and John's in my heart, man. You know, I know that when he was in studio, he, he actually made the trip down. Him and Brantley both made the trip down a couple different times. The one time with praise and then, yeah. uh, and then one time with brand new machine. And, and I remember, uh, Angel was uh, asking questions and, and John just just looked at her through the glass and and just in that snarky way that he does it, he's like, why don't you ask me a real question, not just bullshit question? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yep, this guy has been around. He has oh. had every one of these fucking everyday fucking questions asked oh, yeah. of him. And uh, yeah, he wants to he wants to have fun. Let's let's ask some interesting questions. And uh I think I learned from that at that very, at that very moment. And we talked about it even before we started. I don't, I don't work off of a question list. I have notes, but I don't work off a question list. I want to talk to you. I want to build on what we're talking about. Even if it's maybe just a little discombobulated, you know, we might jump forward, jump back, but uh, you know, I want it to be interesting. And, and I think that's something that John taught me. In, in just the very brief times that I spent with him, you know, just a few hours and those couple nights. And, uh, but I could still see him sitting in that room, just eating fucking like pistachios or some shit like that. Peanuts or something. Just, yeah, just I think killing. That, yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. John, John lived with me. So I got to know John as a person, not just the rock star. Right. You know? And, you know, yeah, I, I helped him out a lot as a friend, you know, he was my friend. You know, so we had good conversations. He told me stories about about stuff and that, you know, that went on back in the day, like music videos back in the day would cost fifty thousand dollars and stuff like that. <laughs> he told me the story of when they did the video for uh, show a little love that they did it out in the desert at night and it was like freezing cold when they did that video. And <laughs> I can like only that. imagine. Yeah. He had so much music that he, he was really, really. I think that's where I kind of get my songwriting thing from because John taught me that, you know, when the rock show one day ends and it's over, you'll always be able to write songs and record and you should, you should start diving into that, you know? And I learned that from John, right. You know, that I need to start learning how to record my, my stuff and that. And uh, because he recorded not just with me and not just the brand new machine stuff, but he was always working on something. Right, you know, because because that's the yeah, way his brain works. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so let's let's talk about that. As much as I love to talk about John for the whole entire hour, let's talk about uh, let's talk about your home studio uh, real quick. You used. Um, I was kind of Facebook stalking you a little bit ago, kind of you know looking around and and uh, what are you using in your home studio setup right now? I use Reaper. Uh, I use the Reaper program. I use Stephen Slate. Uh, for the drums, for right. the plugins, for compressions, all that stuff. I've learned to use that with the drums and that. Um, I use a Boss Katana, uh, 100-watt uh, Boss Katana head. Uh, I run it right to my interface. I've got, it's called a BOSTSC, uh, Sansamp for bass. I use that okay. for bass. And then uh, whatever guitar I choose to use. And then I have, uh, I have also like a keyboard program through Steven Slate too. And I do use some loops and stuff too. I use like splice and I use loop master. Yeah. It's pretty great. It's fun. 
I have uh, I have splice. I use splice quite a bit when uh, I'm working on some things that I work on. I love I love splice. I got some great stuff on there. Oh, yeah. um, of course, I use Reaper also. Uh, I'm a I'm a big Reaper fan. I am a big Logic Pro fan. I love Logic Pro, okay. but if you ain't got the newest and highest uh, yeah. iMac, then you're not running Logic Pro at its full uh, potential. Right. So Reaper is a very nice uh, uh, DAW to use or whatever. But uh, um, so, what's your weapon of choice when it comes to guitars? What's uh, what's your favorite? My favorite guitar on stage or recording wise? Let's go recording. Let's go recording because, uh, you know, that's kind of what we're doing right now. We're just kind of sitting back. We're doing some recording. So I use a Jackson. I use a Jackson with uh, zebra humbuckers in it. Um, I can show it to you. It's right here. If you can see it. Oh, yeah. Nice. Nice. This one right here. Yeah. I love this guitar. It's great for recording. It sounds nice. awesome. Mainly that guitar is what I've used. It just sounds, I've tried to use other ones. I did use, uh, depends on the song and the tuning. I do have a guitar that's tuned in drop D. It's my, it's my mirror face squire. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. The, I have, I have got, squire strat too. I use too with hot rails. I uh, I love I love recording with uh, I found that my cleans with my Squire Tele is uh, is really oh, yeah. really good. So I oh, use yeah. that for clean stuff. But Tellys are great for clean tone for sure. Yeah. A lot of country bands use Telecasters a lot. Yeah, they're uh, and they feel good. They set nice. I mean, it's just it's good neck. Although I'm yeah. still not, I'm still an Ibanez guy, man. I love my Ibanez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Man. I got a whole bunch. Can I don't know if you can see it. You see my Ibanez right there, my little G, my little Geo that I the modified. Yeah, and when my yeah. Kansas City gear on it, I mean, I you know love my Chiefs. Yeah. In case you couldn't tell, you know, yeah, all the that. fucking cheap shit that they wear. <laughs> I don't watch sports, but that's, no, that's all right. I don't really watch it. Uh, all I do I'm is a, music. <laughs> I'm a diehard Chiefs fan, so it's uh, it's hard to stay away from it in the, in the fall. But uh, yeah, anyway, so I did see that. Um, okay, so let's. Okay, but I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. You are right now fronting two separate bands. You're yeah. still you're uh, still fronting Praise the Fallen, which is yeah. how long? How long has Praise been around now? Well, Praise the Fallen was together from 2009 to 2011. And then I was in a band called Arson Radio. Arson Radio fell apart. Um, I went to Chicago. Uh, I was in a band called Blind Spot. Okay. And I was actually it's pretty crazy, man. I was down in Chicago again. I I hooked back up with Jonathan. Um, we did some open jam thing, and this guy came along. He saw me, said, "I want to form a band with you." I ended up forming a band with this guy, and I grabbed a I grabbed another drummer. I got this session drummer that was doing. Uh, studio work at a studio for chris steinmetz if you know who that is i don't he's actually a guy he either engineered or pr produced the kiss revenge record okay he's, he's worked with chips enough from enough's enough chip was doing session work too the drummer was too the drummer i had i had i got in a crunch where i needed a drummer because we were opening for quiet riot right on and uh, long story short the drummer ended up being my drummer we were together blind spot was together two years and then John had passed away. I didn't have a band. My drummer left Blind Spot for Enough's Enough. Talked <laughs> <laughs> about a band. You know, come back to South Bend with my tail between my legs. I'm like, all right, now what? And then uh, Jonathan's like, dude, you know, John passed away. And they're going to do this memorial. And the guy that was throwing the memorial wanted to have me basically put a Praise of Fallen together and play his memorial. Right on. So I, I grabbed the original drummer, Jonathan, and then I had Jeff Sorgenfry. If you know who that is, he just recently passed away from cancer. Oh, right on. Um, I did a song with him right, be right before he passed away. Um, I had him come in the studio and he'd always wanted to record a song with me and we recorded a song. I can send you that song. I'll let you hear it. Yeah. It's called love These Days. It's streaming too, I, and I had it played on the bear and everything for him. I, I figured I'd give him a taste of, you know, a little rock star taste right where he passed on. Um, but anyway, Jeff filled in on guitar, 
And then I had Andy Kendall, if you know who that is. Andy used to do sound and stuff around for some bands. He did sound at Club Fever for a minute and stuff. But he actually played keyboards from Poison, uh, touring with Poison back in the day. I met Andy when I was in Arson Radio, but Andy was kicking around with the Brandon Machine guys. I kind of met him around them. Right he ended up playing bass. And uh, basically, we did a small set. There were people there that, you know, were from the industry and in New York and L.A. and in Texas, Dallas. They were all they came up to the memorial and they're like, man, these songs are really good. You should keep this going. So I was like, well, I don't have anything else going. I might as well. So I went through quite a few lineup changes, but I kept Praise the Falling. I've kept Praise the Falling together since 2014. <clears throat> Nice. But nice. started in 2009 with John and Jonathan till 2011. Then we had a small break and then it's been going since 2014. Very cool. Very cool. Like I said, I, I've known that, uh, you know, when we did Golden Image Radio back in 2008, 2009, you know, what did we stop in 2010 or 11? I forget, but I know that they were together then. I honestly, I didn't realize you'd had a break and headed off Chicago, you know, uh, I just kind of figured you were still playing with that and doing writing and recording with those, get what you know, with those guys. So, or under no, that no. flag, anyway. Everything came crashing down in my life. The economy crushed me. I actually ended up living in my mom's basement at 41 years old, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what do I do? Do I, do I, you know, that was, you know, the tail end of the economy crushing. People were still scattered looking for work, you know. Right. I was still on unemployment going, man, you know. I was constantly looking for work and stuff. Finally, I just said, you know what? F it. I'm going to go to Chicago. I'm going to form a band. I'm going to have fun. You know, right. I was actually living in North Judson, Indiana, and I was driving to Chicago every weekend, playing in my band, ended up forming the band, then ended up getting a job at Jayco out here, and then I ended up moving back to South Bend, but driving to Chicago for three years. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every weekend for three years, I did Blind Spot. Yeah. Oh. That that it would uh, after a while that drive just becomes a blur, doesn't it? Yeah, hour and a half Skyway. You know, yeah. Right. I mean, I looked at is like, hey, there's other bands in other states. They drive some sometimes even farther. Yep. You know, or you're sitting in traffic as long as I'm driving. The Skyway was the fastest way, but there were times, man, it was dangerous. <laughs> like go in the winter too. I wouldn't just. Nah, I can't make it snowing. I didn't right. up going. I was driven. Right on. Right on. Okay. So praise the fallen's rolling. You guys are writing recording. Uh yeah. Spotify. You can find it on Spotify, all streaming sites, I'm assuming. Yeah. Apple, oh, yeah. Apple Music and all that. Yeah, it's everything. It's all out there. We've got man, I think we've got three EPs and four albums, I believe. Three albums, three albums, three EPs, I believe. Something Very like nice. that. Very nice. A bunch of singles. <laughs> right, right, right. So. so according to Josh, when COVID hit, yeah, that's when Bostel became. Is that is is that uh dead dead on there? Yeah, that's pretty much what happened was, you know, the shows dwindled to nothing. Right. You know, and I had a friend, his name was Randy Bickett. He's a friend of mine. When uh, 2016, when I had a, a different lineup with Praise the Fallen, I was doing little demos. Man, I had this tablet and a Boss Mini Studio, you know, a drum machine was like straight beats. I didn't want to program nothing. Right. I would demo whatever I could. I was totally rigging this tablet recording program with this boss mini studio and trying to put these songs together. I just put them in MP3 format and send them to the band members. Go here, figure this out and learn this, you know? Right. Right. I was, just, I was making demos that way. And my friend, Randy Bickett's like, dude, let's get you a real studio. Cause I got a feeling you would be really, really good at this you know and i was like i knew exactly what to get you know i was like well actually i i, I put a shout out for the the guitar plugins at first i was like what should i get for guitar what's the most affordable guitar tone plug-in whatever right and somebody had said it was stephen slate and then i saw the stephen slate drums 
And then I got wrapped up in the whole all access Stephen Slate thing. You know, it's great. Yep. It's fantastic. And I was like, uh, and then I just dabbled and dabbled, dabbled with it. And then I heard about the splice thing and I started piecing songs together because yeah, man, well, there was a minute, there was a minute there where I was laid off for a couple weeks and I was like treating it like a job. I was getting up in the morning, getting my coffee, sitting here and just learning and soaking everything in the YouTube tutorials and, and stuff like that. And I was determined, I'm like, I'm going to get good at this. I'm going to get so good at this. that I can get these songs from this bedroom studio into the radio. Right. And I've done it. I've had like five songs already on the bear, you know, that came out of this bedroom studio. Um, but yeah, pretty, it's pretty amazing how, how far we've come with dude. home, home studios, isn't it? Yeah. I remember, I remember when I was in Arson radio, uh, the guy I was playing with Jamie Dyer, um, that's when I first learned about the program drums and that because he goes, yeah, let me, let's come to my studio. We'll record your songs. And we're in his living room. I'm like, all right, where's the drum room? Where's, cause I'm used to a studio, you know? Right. And he's like, he's like, this is it. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he showed me addictive drums. I'm like, Whoa, it looked complicated. It looked really complicated. And I'm like, man, that looks technical. I'll just let you do that. I'll just write the song, bring them to you. And we'll put them together. Right. And I decided I made a conscious effort when bands weren't doing any shows or anything, I had some downtime. I was like, man, it's time. It's time for me to learn this. I need to learn this, you know, because what if live shows don't come back? We yeah. don't know. You know, I had to be productive. I was like, I'm going to record. And then I, then I set a goal. I'm like, I'm going to record my first solo album by myself, you know, because praise the fallen, you know, we definitely weren't seeing us each other as much as because they had the rule. You couldn't be around right. people. And so it kind of sucked. I mean, we stayed in communication and stuff every week, but we couldn't practice and stuff. So it's like, Hey man, just stay on top of your parts. Cause there'll be a day we're back, you know? Right. Right. And uh, just in the meantime, I, I just made like the rehearsal days or whatever. I'd just come in here and record a song and I was pumping stuff out fast. And it all started, it all started with, uh, as Josh told you, I was with Spain, with the Spain band. And we had like 14 songs, man. And they were killer songs, my God. And uh, long story short, the guitar player, uh, yeah, the guitar player, he wanted to try to do it yourself, you know. But he really didn't have the skills, man, you know. And I'm used to quality product, putting my name on, on a quality product. I've always right. worked in studios, you know, like Tim Bushong. I've worked with mm -hmm. Chris Steiner in Chicago. I've worked with Jeff Anderson. I've worked with professional Corey Lowry, <laughs> Clint Lowry's brother, Seven Dust. You know, I've always worked in pro studios when, when that stuff comes out, it's uh, polished, right. you know. And this wasn't, it was, it wasn't sounding good. And I was the first to speak up and it caused a riff and then, you know, yeah. so yeah. I was like, okay. And I was like, fine, I'll just uh, take some of these songs and record them myself. <laughs> and that's, and that's kind of what I did. I was fueled. I was pissed off. I was fueled. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to learn this. I've got time. So I, I taught myself how to record the stuff. And I already, I'm already, uh, I was already a drummer. Cause I was a drummer before I was a singer. Okay. So I already have the natural ability to know where the fills come in and, and stuff. And that's a half the battle, man, is getting the drums right in a song, yep. you know, cause if you don't know how to do the drums, your songs aren't, aren't going to sound right, you know, and learning how to play to a click and all that stuff, yeah. you know, yep. but then the, the hardest part for me was learning how to mix. Cause when I first started, man, I had these Behringer speakers. They totally sucked ass. <laughs> oh my God, dude. I was doing the car thing run to the car like yep. 80 times back and forth. And I was like, man, there's gotta be an easier way. I figured out, I, I grabbed another, uh, I had another computer over on my right over here. And I had just the, the studio speakers hooked up to that, just to listen to music and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I figured out, wait a minute, I can hook my speakers and have my speakers do the playback over right. here. I learned that mixing speakers are not the same as playback speakers. Right. Yep. So once I rendered the stuff and did the playback, then I got faster just ping ponging it, you know, going, oh, okay, I need more bass or I need, yep. you know, once I figured that out, I got really fast at it. And now my production's gotten a lot better. I've had tips from friends tell me how to get the drums to sound. I was like, how do I get that 
that drum sound that we hear on the radio now and stuff. Dude, just look up at tutorials. Stephen yep. Slate tells you everything. You know, and I looked it up. Modern drums. Stephen Slate right there telling you how to get the modern drum sound. I was like, damn, it's right there the whole time. <laughs> you know, I know that I uh, I looked at uh, I actually had uh, downloaded the free version of, the, of Stephen Slate. And yeah. uh, of course, my computer at that time did not like did not like it. But I watched the tutorial and I'll tell you what, I'm I, I'm I'm a little bit of a tech head. I'm not terrible about it. But right. I sat there and watched every ounce of them show how they put those drums into that program. And, yeah. you know, the like 14 different mics on the bass drum to have four, right. you know, all these different sounds and stuff like that. Yeah, they definitely put the work into it. Uh, uh, I wish I would have been able to use it a little bit more. I didn't have much luck with it. But uh, so I ended up going back to Easy Drummer for just the stuff. But most of the stuff that I work on now is pretty much all EDM style stuff. So I can use the splice okay. and I can use the, uh, yeah, you know, stuff like I that for easy drummer. I started yeah. out with easy drummer, but I was like, you know, when it I has, saw this, it has play, its moments. Yeah. God, dude, it sounds so much better. Yeah. And, um, everybody that's heard my stuff, they're like, would you record this? There was a guy, his name was John Nooner. Um, he actually owned Miami street studios. You remember that place in South Bend? I do. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. I recorded there a long time ago, man. And uh, John Nooner hit me up like on Facebook because I, I made this when I made videos, I made slide videos of my songs and stuff. I didn't right. care, dude. I was at the point like, you know, let's entertain these people anyway. We keep people, right. anyway, we keep, people are bored right now. So I was making slide videos and putting songs out like every week. You know, if I was annoying anybody, sorry, you know, <laughs> I, I just felt like, Hey, that's the way it is nowadays. People are yeah. pumping stuff out constantly now, you know, get used to the times, you know, but John Nooner was like, where's B-side studios. I'm like, well, it's, it's, it stands for it's B B-sides. It's my bedroom studio. <laughs> it's called B-side studios, bottle, bedroom, whatever. Yep. Yep. And he goes, really he goes he goes how long have you been doing this i'm like i think i've been i think it was like at the time it was like six months he goes you didn't go to school for this i'm like no he goes you're fucking good I was like, right on. wow that meant a lot to me coming from john nooner because he actually worked in an actual a studio, studio right the real, real tape where you had to cut the stuff and because <laughs> i remember he did that back when i recorded with him mad respect when he said that to me i was like Okay, that made me feel really good. I'm I'm on to something here. And then I, think, I just worked on getting better at it. <clears throat> I think you said something very important that I want our listeners to to really to really hone in on because uh, me and Jamie have been been in and out of studios for for a lot of years. I've never been fortunate enough to work with Tim Bushong, although I've always wanted to. Um I know him. I've met him, you know, we've we've yeah. interacted several times. He's a super nice guy. Yeah. Um you said the magic word in tape. And I remember one of the first recordings that uh, one of the first studios that I was in, we recorded on an eight track reel to reel in this guy's studio. Yeah. So listeners, young kids out there who are watching this, you know, all two or three of you, you guys got it way easier than way we ever had it back in the day. Cause oh uh, you know, you spent hours in there. You know, if it wasn't perfect, you could, you know, the, the patch ins weren't like today where you can just kind of, you know, drop in and drop out and fix something or even go in and MIDI it and, and move it around yeah, whatever man. you want to do. I uh, say we came from the analog era, era yep. where you, when you had, you had to have your shit together. You had to know your songs when you walked in that door, yep. you know, you had to be tight, know how to play to a click and play those songs on the money. You know, that's the era I come from. I mean, yep. I, I can do my vocals now not bragging or anything, but it comes from, I come from that era to where you got to be ready when you go in there and prepared. Yeah. Funny, you know, when I, when I did my vocals here with Wayne, you know, on the Bostel stuff, cause it starts here when um, I'm going off subject here, but when Wayne ended up joining up with me, he has an actual studio and he's like, let's take the stuff. Now, now my studio has turned into a demo studio. Right. To where it can be, it can be good. It's, it's good enough. But because I'll still add fills and stuff and everything I want, I put everything together myself here. And then we, and then I send it to Wayne. I send the stems. He does real drums the way I did them. 
right. with real drums. And then I go to his place and I redo all the guitars through real amps, you know, but it starts here in my bedroom studio. Yep. But when I went there to do vocals, actually, he recorded Praise the Fallen's EP, Degenerate Types. And he was like, man, I've heard all these horror stories that you're hard to work with and stuff. And he's like, <laughs> you're one of the easiest vocalists I've ever worked with. Because I'd come in there, I'm prepared. You right. know, I know, I mean, I, I do the vocals really quick and I do, I take direction, no problem. He's like, hey, can you do a little more of this or less of that, less grit, do this, you know. And, you know, while you're doing that, you're learning, you're learning that. But also that practice comes from having my own studio and doing it here, right here at right. home, too. You know, yep. if you're critical of yourself and you're picky with yourself, you know, and you're honest with yourself, you're going to get better and better, you know. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, I always found that I was uh, the, your your worst critic is yourself. You're 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 your own worst critic. So. And that, that's what I find out with, with myself. And I go back and do these things and listen to them and like, eh, eh, I could do better than that. And then you go yeah. and work on it and uh, it does, it makes, it makes a big difference. If you're your own worst critic, as long I'm, I'm as you can push through it. As far as I know, as far as I know, I have not used auto tune at all. I can't figure out how to use auto tune. <laughs> yeah, it's weird anyway, right? So, like you know, I want to do it for something, worry. and uh, and I'm trying to figure out the program, and I'm like, ah, fuck this, I'm done. <laughs> you just I mean, my work. very my very first recording, I recorded it up. Do you remember a band called Soul Motor? Uh, I do not. They had a song on the bear a long time ago. I think it was one of the members of Tesla or something. Okay. Um, there was a band called Soul Motor in Sacramento, California. I was in California before I came here. And I won this battle of bands. I ended up winning free recording. And I worked at a studio called Puss Cavern Studios. And that was my very first time in a studio. And uh -huh. I can tell you, I still have my very first band recording. And my voice wasn't as good as it is now. It just took a lot of years yep. to get to. Now I can go in, slam out the main vocals within an hour, and then do the backup vocals really quick. I've, I've right. gotten really quick at it. But that comes from the... In my opinion, it comes from the analog era, man. Having to know your shit, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. So, Bostel, uh, you sent me some tracks. I really, really like the um, I'm Not Angry, which was the first one of the group that you sent me. I love the hook in that. I thought that too, was a really good, uh, really good track. The rest of them, good, good music. Is uh, the Bostel album out or coming out or? We've got. We've got uh, a few songs up right now. We've got Leave Leave This All Behind. We've got The Light. We've got This War Called Life, which is actually a video. We did our first mm -hmm. music video. It was actually, we did it right next door to my house, in this <laughs> warehouse, right, right next door to my house. My landlord owns some property, and he owns my house too, obviously, but he owns the property, and there's a bunch of businesses. And I was like, hey, man, we've been having a hell of a time trying to find a space. Do you mind if we use your space on a Saturday just to do a music video. Had to ask the guy that was running the business and he was cool with it. We went in there and we did our video in like half a day. Uh, Wayne's son, Briar, shot the video and that for this war called life. And yeah, we did it right, right over here. And uh, so there's that song that's out, this war called life, a world out of view. Uh, one of my favorites that we've done too. That's also out there too. So we plan on doing an EP, but we've been recording one song at a time. Right. And we're just, we've been dropping singles, you know, so we might just put it all together as an EP, you know, right but a lot of people these days are just dropping singles. Our next single is going to be, I'm not angry anymore. And we've got a music video. We're going to shoot. I'm going to have a private party here and kind of have it. We're talking about doing it in my basement. Oh, so right on like to show just a good time and stuff but yeah. we've got some other clips ideas the character that was in this war called life we're thinking we're going to keep him in the, each video and oh yeah him. yeah he'll be definitely. like our character in all our videos you know something like that make light of it and that but yeah, yeah. i'm i'm excited about the bostel stuff it's a little different than praise of fallen praise right. of fallen it's two guitars bass drums and vocals Whereas the Bostel stuff, I'm really thinking stuff through. I'm thinking a little more modern. I'm thinking with the loops and electronics, you know, 
there's some hip hop beats. If you've listened to some of the songs, you can hear some of the electronics going on. Yeah. And yeah. yeah there's elements you... of metal and there's elements of pop. And, you know, I can't really, you know, I can't really pinpoint it. And that's exactly my attitude was like, if I'm going to do something outside of phrase fallen, which had happened all by accident because I was just bored. Right. And like, well, I'm going to record a bunch of songs. And then my old bass player, I was in a band in 97. My old bass player came back and said, dude, you should form a band with this. And I was like, honestly, honestly, Jeremy, I was rolling my eyes going, oh, God, dude. <laughs> I finally got my lineup straight with BTF. I don't, I, don't, I don't want the headache of going through people. I have the freedom to just do what I want and put it out there. Right. I don't want to go through the headache. You know, I'm willing to do it, but I don't want to go through the bullshit <laughs> again. Yeah. And my whole thing was, well, how are we going to find people that are going to play the guitar part I wrote? Because I've worked with guitar players that are like, hey, I like what you're doing, but do what I do. And right, they completely right. gut your song and change it to their own liking. And it's like, but that's not what I did. You know, I did what I did. I want you to do what I did. But I would always compromise and go, well, we'll just go along with it. It's cool. But then later on, I'd be like, man, I should have put my foot down. Because especially if the band fell apart, you're like, right, right. Man, I should have just stood my ground and just done it my way. So finally, after learning all those lessons, you know, bands falling apart, losing members, going through people, right. egos, all the bullshit, bro. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sit here in this bedroom studio, enjoy this by myself. <laughs> you know, I can do it. Freedom. Nobody tell me, hey, you should do this with the bass part. You should do that. The songs were done already i had a batch of songs done so all i had to do was find a guy that was willing to play what i wrote wayne liked it dennis liked it ryan liked it boom bossel was born it didn't start out that way i did have a couple guys at first i found on band mix i won't name them because a couple of them live out in warsaw uh, they came out here from warsaw they were driving out here one guy was always late <laughs> not prepared um yeah i was go i was like oh shit here we go you know and we had oh, so you, met, you met my neighbors <laughs> yeah the first show i had set up we were opening for texas hippie coalition they were like all okay. oh, bug eye these guys were like what i'm like yeah dude that's the level we're on here if we're gonna do it we're gonna do it you know right and uh these guys basically they just weren't ready um finally when we did have the songs down then it came down to okay well what do we call this and uh my bass player ryan he uh played with me in 97 we've been friends ever since he went in the military he was in afghanistan and stuff we always stayed in touch he's the one who came back home here and said dude i want to play with you and i was like well, what do we call this he's like you should call it bostel I'm like, oh shit, dude. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna catch heat for this shit. You know, people are gonna be like, oh, who does he think he is? And you know, but my even Josh was like, fuck it, dude. You know, you should call it Bostel. You earned it, man. You built this. You, you know, you've taken a lot of crap from people. Put your name out there. Put your balls on the line and go. Here you go. This is what it is. You know, why hide behind a band name anymore? I wrote these songs. I'm proud of it put it out there so what i did because i still was so like i don't know you know i i put a feeler out on facebook i, I put a, a couple they had a couple band names i said okay what do we call this bostel this 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 people told me to call it bostel majority ruled that's the only reason why i did that hey man i i'm i'm all about it i mean uh you know bostel is uh, i mean if if you didn't know that that was your last name then Right. I mean, it's just a really cool band name. So yeah, I'm I'm all I'm all about it. If if uh, if you love it, awesome. I think it's a, I think it's a good solid band name. So it's working yeah. now. I mean, promoters even told me, even chimed in. You know, Jeff Harris, uh, God, uh, the guy at the art, the Hobart Art Theater. I play a lot. Some guys from Pierre's like call it Bastel. I'm like, are you for real? Really? It's just weird because it's your last name. You're yeah. Like, and I don't want people to think who's this guy I think he is, you know, because that's just small mentality. You know, there's a lot of artists that use their name, you know. 
What are you kidding me? You're, you're on out. Golden Image Podcast right now doing the Golden Odyssey series <laughs> for yeah. Golden Mojo Entertainment. I mean, I'm all about my last name. <laughs> yeah, man. Make it work, right? Marketing. That's right. Yeah. Marketing. I mean, we got a killer. Check this out, man. We just got these t-shirts made, man. Yeah, I saw those on your uh, on your Facebook page. Uh they yeah. look they look right. great. That's the back. Yeah. We just so, sold a couple at this last show. We we just sold them for Cotton Mouse Kings. I saw that, Sunday. yeah. How and was it? It was funny because the guys were like, Man, they're not gonna like us. They're not gonna <laughs> they loved it, man. We got right a really on. good response and everybody got along great. And you know, and uh, the opening guy his name was Jordan Jacks from Niles, Michigan. The rapper, he's uh -huh. really good, man. He was really good. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, well, let's get into more and more personal. Uh, let's let's talk about the family a little bit. Oh, so, okay. Um, you actually are pretty recently married. Uh, back in 2019, right? Yeah, 48. I finally got married. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I guess I'll do this. Yeah. So I I gotta ask is is do you call her uh um i'm gonna I, believe me if i don't fuck this up it's lola right yeah or you call lola. her angela no it's lola okay i i like i said I was facebook stalking i wanted to make sure that i was in the right spot here so uh, like the song everybody like, asks me this. like the song <laughs> yeah I like the song except she's a woman <laughs> you didn't even fucking think of that duh what a dumbass <laughs> wow um so how'd you meet I met her on Plenty of Fish. Really? Yeah, so I was I was down in, in I told you when uh man, I had no job. I was living uh -huh. at my mom's. I wasn't looking for a relationship. I really wasn't. Uh I just needed a friend. And right. uh honestly, when I first met her, she was kind of angry because she had just uh split up with her husband. Uh I won't go into that, but she was real mad, I guess. And I was like, I don't know if I like this girl or not, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but anyway, there was a Metallica tribute band that played it. Uh, it was Mojo's at the time in Joliet. And I was going out with a friend and I, I called her up because I kind of felt like she could use a friend too. Yeah. You know, who, who was I? I'm not judging nobody. I couldn't give anybody anything, man. I was literally living on unemployment in my mom's basement, feeling like a fucking loser, <laughs> you know? And I'm doing my band in Chicago and, you know, having fun and in between trying to find work and get out on my own again. Right, the bottom right. dropped out of me, Jeremy. Yeah, Everything I can, I can only imagine. Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, I got nothing to give nobody. And uh, I asked her to come hang out with me and we hung out and had a good time and that. And then, I don't know, we just clicked and I ended up hanging out with her more and, and I ended up getting a job with Jayco and then we ended up moving in together and, you know, and I don't know, I just didn't see myself without her. So I decided to marry her. <clears throat> very good. Very cool. I like that. That's how you know it's right. If you can't ever imagine her not being there, that's when you know it's, it's, yeah. it's the right deal. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I was, I, I was trying to do the math on that. So you guys actually got married before the COVID hit, right? 2019. Yeah. Yeah, it was 2020 when everything kind of fell apart, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, I had COVID. I was in the hospital for 22 days. I see you. No shit. And, yeah, man, you didn't know that. I did not know that. No, I was in um, oxygen for three months. Wow, I had to relearn how to breathe. Ah, <clears throat> uh. yeah, man, it happened to me, and uh, people were really surprised in that because I'm pretty healthy. I hope I look the same as I have. I take care of myself. I don't smoke. I barely drink. Right. Um, so people were shocked and I was shocked too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was ICU 22 days. It was, it was my understanding. It didn't, it didn't care whether you were healthy or not healthy. If it wanted to attack, it attacked. So uh, I, learned I, that, man. I was one of the fortunate ones and fuck man. I work in a hospital and I never, yeah. I never officially had yeah. COVID. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, you're lucky, dude. I, I think I took it in bit by bit and, and kind of built an immune system to it because of, of where I worked at. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I was, I was very fortunate and definitely, uh, 
Yeah, that's a long time to be in the hospital on that shit. 22 days away from everybody, uh, you know. It was scary, man. It was very scary because that's when it first that's when it first came out. It was in red, you know, and, and right. nobody knew. Nobody knew. I, I looked at the doctor and I'm, I asked him, I said, just be straight up with me, man. Am I going to make it? And he looked at me and said, we don't know. What do you do? You know, like, you just got to dig down deep and go, no, I, I'm going to make it. Right. You know, even though I could barely breathe. <laughs> it was scary, man. I, 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 they did physical therapy with me, came in and did physical. I couldn't, I couldn't even stand on my toes without my oxygen dropping to 69, man. Right, right. I, I mean, you wouldn't believe how much oxygen you used to do the smallest things, but it taught me something, man. It taught me, it really, really taught me if there's a lesson I can tell anybody out there and it's opened my eyes to a lot of things that I took for granted myself, man. You know, I can tell you that I'm grateful in my life for everything that I have, you know, whereas before it happened to me, I admit I wasn't right. You know? And now I noticed that I am grateful and I'm back out in the world and I got another chance. I see a lot of people that aren't. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just keeping uh, it real, man. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I mean, uh, you know, there's there, uh, I look at, I, I walk out of where I'm at every day and, and grateful for everything that I have and, and what I've achieved and, and so on and so forth. And it's, it, you know, it's good to be proud of, of what you've done and, and, uh, you know, you got to roll that way, but, um, well, I, I beat myself up. There's quite a few other people that, that have beat me up through the years, as far as like in the scene and in that, and, and I would take that to heart and beat myself up over it, you know? So, you know, I was in a very, very dark place before that happened to me, you know, right. I don't really talk about it too much, but I was in a very dark place, you know, like, I didn't want to be here anymore. <laughs> well, maybe that's why it happened. Maybe that was your, uh, maybe that, that was, was your way, your wake up call. That was your, uh, alarm clock going off to say, Hey, yeah. don't be in that place, you know, get out there. If you, if you might've heard or whatever, you know, everybody tells me, Oh, I've heard about you. And it's like, <laughs> my whole thing is, man, if you don't sit down and get to know me, you'll never know me. You know, right. if you go by what you hear or whatever, you'll never know me. And that's a shame, you know? So my advice to anybody out there is go to the source. You know, if you have questions about somebody, just go to them and ask them, you know, you want to know me? Here I am. Right you know? on. I'm not here, hard to reach. Here he know? is. Golden <laughs> image podcast. He's hanging out with me tonight. You're getting the story. So tell me a little bit about your, about your son. Uh, do you just have the one son? I have a son. His name's Jonah. Uh -huh. uh, he's down in Bloomington. He's he's a manager at a lab. I oh, have nice. not done in a while. It's uh, that's kind of a sore subject with I'm, me. Sorry, man. I didn't. I did not it's know. It's okay. It's okay. You don't know, and it's not even my fault, really. It's uh, his mom, basically. But he, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him in three years. <laughs> so right on. Well, he's at that age, you know, rebellious or whatever. People right. like he's around and it's like okay you do your thing whatever i'll see you soon you know right but i know he graduated from iu he's running a lab down in bloomington <clears throat> nice nice so uh i did just i i did see that you guys uh headed out and went and seen the transformers movie here uh just recently who who were you with there besides besides okay. Lola? we took in uh my wife and i uh long story short we have a situation with the family where the parents of our grandkids are going through recovery and okay. uh, we took temporary custody of the grandchildren they're living with us and, and how so you have the three the three the three grandkids yeah yep we got a two-year-old geo we've got uh evan who is six and then we have kalani who is eight nice Boy, tell you <laughs> i haven't had kids in 20 years and suddenly boom you get three of them here you go enjoy yeah, it's, been, it's been fun you know? oh yeah yeah uh, you know the grandkids are different than our regular kids i think at some point but um i i you know i have two and a third on the way and uh 
you know, I love my grandkids, but I like to play with them, you know, and then send them home. So, but I, it's a little different for you. That, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm entertaining them and stuff, but you know, at the same time, honestly, you know, nobody really knows my life, but I left my son's mom when my son was six and, you know, she was very much a stickler for the, the court visitation by the rules. You can't have them any longer than this. She was very by the rules, you know, right. Which sucked because I wanted to be in my son's life more than she allowed me basically. So I did miss out on some stuff, you know, that you would see every day with the child, you know, right. to where I'm experiencing that now, you know, in like the Transformers movie and going to the park and stuff. Dude, I didn't get to do that with my kid. I mean, I did when I had visitation with them, but honestly, you know, not to go off the rails here, but things were so messed up between his mom and I that when I did pick him up, I'd ask him, how you doing? You know, I would pick him up. He'd get in the car and be like, how you doing? I'd be positive. Like, how you doing? He'd be like, I'm stressed out. I'm like, dude, you're eight. Why are you stressed <laughs> out? Right. You know, and he was just always, you know, I'm not dissing his mom. You know, I appreciate she did this, but she didn't really allow him to be a kid, you know, education was pounded on him pounded right. pounded, pounded on him so he was you know i don't know every time when i had him visitation he was quiet he was reserved he was serious all the time he needed to lighten up and be a kid you know right. but my son wasn't like that that much you know so now you know i have these grandkids i'm actually to go do fun things that i wasn't able to do basically right. nice that's that's awesome. That's great, and it's it's great that you've taken them in to uh, give them a good home to some place that they can they can call home and and feel safe. And uh, while everything else gets squared away, hopefully. Well, yeah, they're they're working on that. They're actually working on moving here, and they're going through recovery. The son is uh, a veteran, PTSD veteran, so you know, yeah. So he's working on his recovery and that and. We definitely want them to get their kids back in that, you right know, on. so, but for now we're here for them. You know, that's what family's about, you know, and oh, at yeah. the same time, the, those two, they, they were living in, in Ohio where they didn't really have anybody and that, and I was the one who said, well, you know, you should come back here, be around the people that love you. And when you have those down days or whatever, you can come over and talk to us, you know, you're feeling, you know, bad or in a dark place, whatever. You don't go that route. Instead, you come and you talk to talk to me, talk, talk to your mom. You know, we're here for you, basically. Some people would be like, they would just give up and go, how could you? You know, we're like, no, this is a time when the family comes together even closer, tighter. Right. And, you know, step up and go, no, we're going to help you, you know, so... Yeah, we're not letting the kids go to a foster care or anything like that, you know. <clears throat> there's songs in there. <laughs> I know. It's, there's definitely a song in there. And you're going to write it tonight when you get off with me because you're like, there's a song in there. I'm going to get well, to this. <laughs> a couple more quick questions uh, before we get out of here. Um, like I said, once again, you know, kind of leaping around your Facebook a little bit. You said you went back and watched the Miami Vice uh, series again. Oh, <laughs> <Hell> <laughs> this yeah, is kind of a stupid off the shoot question, but uh, what did you think going back and watching that again? Um, you know, because I, I, I don't know about you, but for me, man, that was my fucking childhood right there. You know what I'm saying? Totally, totally, dude. Totally. I actually wore pink in high school. <laughs> you know, I was a well dressed kid. You know, people wouldn't think that now. I'm metal Jamie wearing black all the time, right? Or right. You know. <laughs> No, I pastels. But you know, we didn't know that you know cops couldn't chase bad guys in sandals. That's right. You know? That's right. <laughs> it just looked cool. <laughs> but no, man, I I watched the show and I was like, man, this show is still fucking good. <laughs> it's it's been a couple years since I went back and rewatched the entire the entire series from A to Z. You know, from the first to the very last. It's on and, Tubi, man. <clears throat> oh, I got the full. I got the full fucking set of them. <laughs> I got on the DVD too, <laughs> but it's on Tubi now. So right on. I got a um, ton of DVDs on your watch because everything's on streaming now. I, right. You know? 
<clears throat> did you notice about all of the up and coming people that are now like fucking super famous? Like Lou Diamond Phillips was in an episode, yeah. and just the all those people. Bundy was in the one episode yeah. too. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, that's just, funny. I just thought it was trippy, and and it's kind of like Seinfeld too. How they had you all saw people on Seinfeld like. Hey, that guy's a famous movie actor now. Or right, right. He, he like had some of the girls he had on there that later on were like famous actresses and stuff. It's pretty it's, funny. It's crazy, but yeah, that's what I loved about going back and watching watching the whole Miami Vice series was just trying to eyeball all those people and figure out, hey, well, fuck, that looks like such and such, and that's that, and you know, then you go on IMDb and you start reading through it. And it's like, yep, that's who that was, and. I just thought it was trippy as shit, but I saw that and I just chuckled. I'm like, yeah, I did. I did that not too long ago. I went back. I'm a nostalgia maniac, I guess. And, you know, like today I was listening to Billy Corgan interviews, man, talking <laughs> about the pumpkins and talking about the past and the way the music, man, that guy, he's, you know, the way he talks about the music industry, I've learned so much right. from, from the stories he's told, like, oh my God, you know? <laughs> But then again, he's sitting there saying, I got a big house and lots of money. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you complain about that, but yet you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've definitely taken hard. advantage of it also. Yeah. yeah. Right. The other question I have for you is you, when we were, I am in uh, late last week, uh, you said that you listened to golden image podcast about uh, industrial level revolution there in Valpo. Yeah. Did you, did you go check it out yet? Not yet, but I, I plan on it. Valpo is uh I grew up in Chesterton okay. in between Chesterton and Valparaiso, actually on Meridian road, uh, where the pine ski lodge was at over. There. I don't know if you know Valpo at all, I, but I, my I, mom's husband has a body shop called Tom's auto body in Valpo. And I got friends in Valparaiso. I lived in Valparaiso. Uh, actually when I joined signal, I was living in Valparaiso, right you on. know, Valparaiso. Yeah. Chesterton Valparaiso. That's my hometown. That's my area. Well, you got to go check it out, man, because uh, it, it is a cool place and the food is actually really, really good there. We do uh, we do a get together um, in like February with some friends of ours from Portage in Chicago and and that okay. area. We meet down there and uh, just have a nice lunch and catch up, you know, from in the middle of winter. But uh, yeah, definitely. If you if you when you go check it out, when you go check it out, you have to I am me and tell me what you think. Oh, I will, dude. Totally, man. Uh, yeah. Is that where Strongbows used to be? You know what I'm no, talking about? No, I do not know. So okay, I, I off of 30 across from Walmart. <clears throat> no, it's a little bit farther down or is it maybe, uh, now see, now you got me thinking, uh, you know, okay. I, I can, I can just drive there. I know how to get there. Cause it's right okay. on 30. Yeah. It's right on 30, but I don't, I think it's before you get to that whole uh, area where Walmart and all that stuff's at. Because then oh, there are okay. car dealership and stuff down there too. Does that, does that sound about right? I that think that's so, right yeah. on thirty. Yeah, it's before yeah. you get there. It's right. It's actually right next to the college. Oh, okay. It's past that then. Okay, okay. I'm on. I'm on the wrong side of it. Okay. Yeah, that's it's past that because you go right past on. Duffy's. You see Duffy's up in the hill on the right there. Okay. And then there's a mowing place and the cowboy store. Yeah, you go further down right the speedway on. there is by the college. There. I know yeah, I know where the speedway is at. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I know that whole area, man. I grew up in Chesterton, Valparaiso, like you said, Portage. Right. I play in Hobart, Indiana a lot and I draw I draw a lot of my friends from high school to the shows. I nice. still hang out with people I went to high school with and stuff at my shows when I play Harvard Art Theater. Nice. Nice. Um, so what school did you go to in Hobart? I went to Chesterton High School. Okay. All right. Yeah, I went to Chesterton High School. Uh, you know where Chesterton's at? Where I they, don't. I don't. Where the Indiana Dune State Park is. That's oh. where, when I tell everybody that, like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's yeah. right off 94 there. Right on. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's where we would go to catch the catch uh, South Shore to go up into Chicago. We'd... Uh, we just parked there at the at the state park in the in the train station at the right around the dunes area. Okay, that's probably Chesterton then. Yeah, yeah. Right yeah that's where I grew up. <laughs> All right, everybody, check this out. So you can find uh com, or you can check out uh, Praise the Fallen at www.ptfband.com. Uh, you gonna have merchandise for sale on on those uh, or just that show? 
uh, mainly at the shows right now. I'll figure out how to do a merch store soon once we get merch built up with that do you want me to tell them where the shows are does that matter? yeah well it's going to be a few weeks before this comes out so uh just go okay. check out uh just uh um go check out jamie's facebook page the uh the yeah. stuff is on there all um, the shows are there i got some yep. good ones gemini syndrome july 11th hobart art theater and then praise the fallen's doing two nights in a row we're playing july 14th out at the wc social club in chicago we're opening for shallow side and then july 15th we're at cheers pub have you been in the new cheers jeremy dude i have not been there since the roof caved in <laughs> dude it's gonna blow your mind the I, way I, it is now. i've heard Josh i sound there now does he yeah. I, I just i don't make it out much anymore I understand you know, that. I, I just, uh, <laughs> I need, I need to get out. I need to get out and see you. I need to get out and see Josh. I need to go out and see uh, my buddy, uh, Chris gray. And I, I mean, I have a laundry list, believe me that I need to go see, yeah. but you know, we get so wrapped up in, uh, in our own little world and what's going on. We forget that we need to go out and yeah. I, and, and I'm a big advocate. Uh, you know, I I'm from the Warsaw area and I see this all the time. Uh, last weekend, Quiet Riot come into town. Yeah, and, I heard about that. Yeah, they're in Central Park. It's a free show, and everybody's talking about Quiet Riot, and everybody's talking about Quiet Riot, and they're all everybody's going to see Quiet Riot, and blah 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 blah. And I'm like, you know, you all are so starved for entertainment, and there's so many great local bands that could really use your support to get out yeah. there. And yet, yeah. I, I don't always get out to see who I need to go see and it's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing personal to my friends and, you know, who play, I mean, I, you know, I'm happy for them. I just, I mean, it's just so hard for me to get out and, and go places and be out late. Cause I'm God damn it. People I'm getting. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I got you, dude. But yeah, July 15th, we're opening for the lonely ones at cheers. And then I just got for uh Bostel. This can be great. It's out actually out by you. Uh, we're playing at Pierre's. We're opening for Life of Agony. Nice, nice. Yeah, man, I'm stoked. They're they're one of my bucket list bands. I love that band. I've loved that band since the late '90s, and uh, I just got a date yesterday. Bostel is going to be playing October 20th at the Vault in Sag Saginaw, Michigan. Very so cool. Very we're branching cool. out everywhere, man. Good. You know? Praise Good. the Fallen, branching out everywhere. That's me. I don't. I, I'm not content just playing in South Bend. The scene's small in South Bend now. There's not much left, honestly. No, no. I. It was. It was starting to. Honestly, when when Guilt Four and Cheers fell apart, the scene was actually starting to kind of crumble at that point. Anyway, if I if well, I remember dude, right, the dude that owns Cheers now is a great guy. He's busted out the wall. The capacity is up to 272 there now. Nice. Compared to the way it was, I mean, when Danielle and her mom owned it, you know, they're lucky the fire marshal didn't knock it down. We were always over capacity there, good right. times and stuff. But no, the owner, man, he's, he goes above and beyond just booking the band and, and relying on the band to, you know, promote. This dude actually rents the billboard that's right by the toll road exit and promotes the show on a electric billboard, you know. He's already done radio ads on the bear. He's got line dancing. He's he's connected with B100. He's got country concerts going there now too. He's got national bands, uh, regional or national, somewhat now. He just had Alex Williams, which the guy's had a song on Yellowstone. He's a country right. artist, played on Friday. And then he had a rock show the next night. He had an inter international Rolling Stones tribute band there. He's got comedy shows going there on Tuesdays and he has karaoke too. You know, he's got everything there, you know, nice. and the place is remodeled inside. It's nice and clean and they got awesome pizza. Uh, dude, finally, in my opinion, I played cheer since 1993. Right. So I remember Jan before Danielle and, and that. So I'm like the godfather of cheer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say that, but you know, that's places in my heart, man. Yep. Even even the dirty dungy cheers it was, it needed an overhaul, man. Right. You know, a lot of people are like would be like, I'm not going there, it's a dump. 
Well, it's not a dump anymore, people. No more excuses. Right, you can right. come see a, a great venue. It's been completely remodeled. It's awesome. I'll send you a picture. You'd be like, wow. Uh, yeah, if you've I, looked, maybe you've looked. I saw that. I saw your videos uh, that you posted. That said it was at Cheers with the with the black uh, background stage. It looks like everybody writes on. Oh, I got a picture of the bar and stuff. The way the oh, nice. really looks too, and everything. They've got LED lights in there now. The floor has been redone. The roof was redone. Air conditioner was replaced. You know, all new bars. The, all the bar furniture is new. Everything's been redone, dude. The bathroom is redone. Everything's been redone in that place. Nice, nice. It's well, good. Nice. I'm, I'm glad they're bringing it back because you you have a, you have a soft place for Cheers, and so do I. I mean, well, I had a lot of great times up there. I played with a lot of great bands up there, and uh, and you know we were brokenhearted when when it kind of fell apart. And uh, but uh, yeah, I'm glad well, that they're bringing great. it back. He's gonna have national bands play there, and there's no venue. There's no venue doing that here. Right. We don't have Club Fever no more. Right. I haven't seen a bear growl in a while. I don't know what's going on with that. Well, maybe yeah. since everything's kind of cleared out and everybody's starting to reopen all of these, I'm waiting for Gear Fest to come back, Sweetwater. Jesus, you know, I need to get back yeah. over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I actually hit I had hit the bear up and said, Hey man, if you want if you want Praise of Fallen or Bostel to play the bear growl this year, let me know. We're right down. On. You know, why not? You know, why not? Hey. <laughs> Got to put it out there, Jamie. We're good enough for nationals, we should be able to good enough be play the bear growl. The growl. There you go. Hey, you man, know. thank you for joining me for uh, for Golden Image, uh, Golden Odyssey series, man. I appreciate it. It's good to no see problem. you again. I'm glad that things are starting to flow well, and uh, the best of luck to you in Praise the Fallen and Bostel, and uh, keep on doing what you're doing, man. Always will, man. Always All will. Right. All right. Well, let me throw my plugs out there and we're going to get on out of here. All right. Thank you for listening to Golden Image Podcast, the Golden Odyssey series. Uh, you know, you can find us uh, on on the international web uh, at goldenmojoent.com. Go check it out. We're still working on it. Got some pictures up. We're getting more pictures up, but we have a great merch page for all of the podcasts. And when I say all the podcasts, I mean them all. You can listen to the call guys. You can listen to the United States of Paranormal. You can check out the Indiana Chiefs fans or the Golden 80s. And also, don't forget about the Murder Nerds or A Court of Books and Booze, all brought to you by Golden Mojo Entertainment. So go check them out, goldenmojoent.com. Thank you for listening today. Jamie, thank you very, very much. Appreciate it. Like I said, good to see you again. And yeah, man. Uh, we're going to get on out of here. So. Later. Later, man. Rock on! Oh! Wow! Don't do